We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's that time again. It's instant reaction season here on The Vault, which is our podcast, of course, covering the Baltimore Ravens on a daily basis. I'm Bobby Trotsett, joined alongside my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. And we've been waiting for this. It's really been a month-long search and a thorough process. Certainly, we'll get into why it was so thorough based on the number of candidates who were actually interviewed for the Baltimore Ravens vacancy at offensive coordinator, which has now been solved. It's Georgia football's Todd Munkin, who joins the Ravens after going back-to-back with Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs, back-to-back national champions. And he is an extremely experienced former coach at the college level and, of course, a play caller at a number of different levels, including the NFL. So Sarah, without further ado, let's dive into this thing and, and talk about what the official team statement read. This is according, and this is from John Harbaugh. He wrote, we conducted 21 interviews with 14 candidates throughout a thorough process that had wide ranging organizational involvement. Todd's leadership and coaching acumen were evident from the beginning. He has a proven track record for designing and teaching offensive systems that allow players to succeed at the highest level. We're excited to get to work and begin building an offense that will help us compete for championships. This is an instant reaction. Your initial thought when this comes down the timeline. Yeah, my initial thought is um, this looks really good on paper. Obviously, you never know until, you know, you get results out on the field. But there were two things that I was looking for in the next offensive coordinator. Number one is I wanted to see somebody that could marry the passing game with the foundation that the Ravens already have with the running game and a tight end like Mark Andrews. But there's just been no way that this offense can move forward without a more legitimate passing game. I think it's clear to me that Todd has the background to do that. And we can dive into that more later. That's number one. Number two, I wanted somebody that was going to have a better feel for play calling in certain situations. Now, I'm not going to pretend that I've been watching Todd Munkin in his full games, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, two back-to-back championships, the 40-plus um, points per game that they're averaging, you know, all these yards, it's, it's, he's got so much experience with it. Um, and not just – obviously, Roman had experience too, but we all knew when Roman came in that he was all about the run game, and there were questions with him already about developing a pass game. That's not a question with Todd Munkin. 
There's not a question of whether he can develop tight ends, running backs, or wide receivers. He has a career that proves that he can play with everyone and that he can adapt to whatever personnel he's given, and he helps that personnel take their games to another level. So between those, I guess those are three things, his adaptability, his play calling, feel for a game, and his ability to marry a run game with with a passing game, all on paper, makes me very optimistic. But again, like I said, we'll see once it all comes together. Sarah, over a month ago, you know, as as we covered extensively after the end of season press conference conducted by John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta, they made it very clear that they were going to cast a wide net. This was going to be thorough. And, and Harbs even said, this is going to be one of the most sought after jobs in the world when it comes to offensive coordinator openings. And uh, that certainly proved to be true. You might say and just in terms of you know, what Munkin turned down, right? Georgia was kind of breathing down his neck, according to Josina Anderson about, um, you know, sort of saying, Hey, what, what is your, your decision? We want you here. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offered him a job, according to Albert Breer and, you know, with Tom Brady now gone and them likely entering a rebuild, you might say, okay, all right, how, how, how competitive was this or, or how, you know, how tough of a decision I should say that was this for Munkin, but you get, you get, you get what I'm saying. This, this was something that uh, a, a lot of candidates wanted. You said you, you heard it off the top there, 21 interviews with 14 different candidates and uh, Munkin ultimately wanted to go to Baltimore over several other opportunities. Yeah, I think what I find interesting about that news, like, um, for example, a couple years from now, nobody in Baltimore would be like, yeah, let's bring back Greg Roman. The fact that Todd Munkin has already been an offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay and they want him back, I think speaks volumes. I think everybody in Baltimore would accept Gary Kubiak back, right? And, And that speaks volumes. When you see other fan bases... George's fan base, they didn't want to see Todd Munkin go. Over right. here in Baltimore, we're like, hey, guys, you know, take take Greg Rowan off our hands. You can have him. He's got a great, you know, running running mind. And, and, and you know, so, so that to me speaks volumes that Georgia wanted him back. Tampa Bay wanted him back. That lets you know that they, they maybe they didn't ever want to see him go in the first place. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and the timing of it is is interesting because obviously they did it uh, Tuesday, we knew this was going to happen. We said in our, in our morning vault on Monday, we were like, the decision's going to come quick now. And my guess is that the Ravens did want to check in on Brian Johnson and Eric Bieniemy. We don't have news yet, but I mean, Brian Johnson could very well be that offensive coordinator. So maybe Harbaugh finally got that call and he's like, yeah, yeah, you, you might want to move on. I might, I, you know, if he's going to just be elevated within the same organization that just went to the Super Bowl. Um, and who knows? I have no idea what's going on with Eric Bieniemy. People are even saying Andy Reid might retire. So, so who knows what's going on there? So, pretty quickly after that, those conversations, I'm sure John Harbaugh had, uh, he zeroed on, zeroed in on Munkin before he could be swooped up elsewhere. Right, right. One thing on Andy too. He he did on Monday. He dismissed those rumors about retiring. Okay, so he, he is going to okay. stay. You're right. He is going to stay in Kansas City at least for the imminent future. And. Um, I believe next up on the docket, probably like post parade, which is tomorrow. We're taping this on Valentine's day, by the way, the 15th is the Kansas city parade. So you'd have to think the enemy is going to want to be a part of that. But then it looks like yeah. the commanders down in Washington are going to be inter- interviewing him for their offensive coordinator vacancy. So there's still, there's Roman. still time. 
along with Greg Roman, which we learned <laughs> within the last 24 hours or so, which is, which is certainly an interesting development. But, uh, you know, I just got off on my personal channel with, um, chatting back and forth with, with Femi Ion Badejo, who of course was a part of the 2000 Super Bowl winning Ravens that we just watched the the documentary on through ESPN's 30 for 30. He is the former Ravens radio commentator, uh, my former employer, and he's just all around. I mean, we've had him on the vault before. Extremely, Great. extremely just, yeah, he's straightforward. And, and I think he just explains, you know, football in, in layman's terms. And he came out and said that uh, he feels that this is a, a safe hire and that's not to to dismiss it as you know conservative or whatever right it's it's that this is a harbaugh hire and femi by the way was a coaching intern after his playing days underneath john harbaugh so he understands him from you know a decision making standpoint and an overall philosophy standpoint but i think what he meant by that was this guy's got a ton a ton of experience not only as a yeah. former play caller at the nfl level but also as a former head coach at Southern Miss. So I, I totally see what he's saying. You know, yes, maybe it's safe. He feels like as if he's a Harbaugh guy. We're going to bring up some clips about Munkin's philosophy that I think explain what he's going to bring really well. Um, but but I thought that was telling from Femi off the top. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's the opposite of of the move that he had with with Mike McDonald who really is just like, so I mean, people always try to categorize like a Harbaugh hire and it's like, okay. I mean, we could bring up a million hires that they're all different from each other. It's funny to me that people, I mean, he's been a head coach for, I think this is his 16th year or something like that. So you could like take any of these hires over 16 years and try to piece together yeah. uh, a certain narrative. But uh, Mike McDonald was anything but safe with only one year of, of a defensive coordinator under his belt in the, at the college level. And, uh, you know, he started, I think, is like the intern level at the Ravens, too. So, um, so yeah, but I, safe, I think, is, a, is probably a really good word. When a guy has 34 years of coaching experience, you know he's not going to fall flat on his face. You know what I mean? Right. He's going to – he knows what to bring to the table. So, that's probably an apt description. You know, 57 years old, so he's not – considered to be one of these like hot up and coming guys, right? Like the Dave Canales of the world, the Brian Johnson's, yeah. some of these, these LaFleur's not that the LaFleur's were, were available. I mean, one of them went to, went to um, the Rams this off season after getting canned by, by the jets. But, um, but again, I think that's, he, he's extremely experienced. He's polished. He is, is, and we're going to bring up some of the sound in just a second here, but you know, most notably under Kirby Smart, this guy has constructed offenses that have absolutely demolished college football <laughs> over the last couple of years, Sarah. And granted, I get it, right? The competition is different. The personnel is different. Um, you know, the circumstances are different. But back-to-back -back national championships and this past season, his offense averaged over 500 yards, 501.1 yards to be exact, and over 40 points per game at 40.7. So this is a guy who has had a ton of success with, with Stetson Bennett and Kirby Smart and the tight end usage and the big boys up front. And uh, let's go to that now, though, specifically Todd Munkin speaking to his offensive philosophy. It's interesting when I went to Oklahoma State from from Jacksonville, and it was the air raid, as as we use our fingers to say that. But it's really what I took away from it was 
uh, being able to throw to win. That, that really, to me, was the air raid. You had a certain amount of run game, ran a lot of the same concepts, and you could throw to win. That was really it. And um, like any offense, it works a lot better if you have good players. That's really what it's about. It's about having good players and doing things the right way consistently so you do it better than they do it. I think balance is multiple skill players touching the football. To me, it's it's not always just run pass. It's do you have enough skill players where they can touch the football? Last year at Tampa, we had almost had six guys, if OJ doesn't get hurt, of 700-plus yards from line of scrimmage. Well, that to me, that's balance. You have a number of guys that can hurt you from a matchup standpoint. Is running the football important? Sure, because in order to win, you've got to be explosive and not turn the ball over. How do you become explosive space players and throwing it over their head or throwing intermediate pockets and running the football adds to that? If you said, do I see the college game influence in the NFL? Without a doubt. You see that with probably the, the team you see it most with is Kansas City. Kansas City's run game is, I wouldn't say exclusively, but a, a high number of RPOs or ways to get it out of that young man's hands, and he's good at it. And they've got good skill guys around him. So if you wanted to match up what some college football teams look like, you'd probably say Kansas City. There's some other teams, and you could take the Eagles and the Colts, where you're talking about RPOs and different ways for run-pass options, which has you know, been prevalent in college, which the rules are a little more advantageous in college in terms of linemen being downfield and blocking downfield, which enables you to do a little bit things more in the screen game and throwing on the perimeter. But, you know, a lot of ways you have to be committed to it, and you have to look at those plays as one one play. I think people get caught up in that, that's why when I talked about balance is uh, if you have a run play with an RPO built in it, that's a play. That's not run pass. The efficiency of that play is what matters, not who touched it. And sometimes we get way caught up in run run yards, pass yards. It's, it's efficiency of what you do. All right. So I know he got into the weeds there. I know that was two plus minutes, partner, but I thought that was just a great feel and a little glimpse into what's coming to Baltimore. And then for those you know, that are tuning in on YouTube here, you see the statistics uh, Kevin Ostreicher tweeted out from some of the wide receivers that have played underneath Todd Munkin and in, in his led offenses in terms of just production from a, a, a receiving standpoint. So, you know, that clip that you just listened to was from his time, his loan season, 2019, which is, of course, a magical ride in Baltimore, but uh, he he was in Cleveland at the time and Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. both flourished underneath him, both put forth a thousand plus yard receiving seasons. And then prior to that, Mike Evans cashed in from 2016 to 2018. We know that he's still uh, a Tampa Bay Buccaneer as well. So what'd you think? Uh, this is kind of our, the first introduction to Todd Munkin. It was pretty into the weeds, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's lots to react there to go back to the, the very first one where, where you, talked about the sheer volume of of his offense I mean the number of yards like get your mind around that I mean it's so many yards and points and I don't care that it was at the college level because he's going to the championship game putting up was that 60 some odd plus points I mean in the championship game it's it's ridiculous it's ridiculous that's so much production Scary, you you ready for those know, numbers? Yeah, do it. I I got them in front of me from the championship game that you were just referring to. Of course, this was uh, just just last month, obviously, with Stetson Bennett under center, and they just absolutely dismantled TCU on so many levels. But 65 total points, 
589 yards from scrimmage. Okay. 32 first downs, 8.2 yards per play. And again, I, I get it. It's the college level. Georgia is like no. the Alabama right now, right? No, but get let, it. no, no, no. That's that's like throwing <laughs> away his success. Why? It's the championship game. This I isn't know, like I know. one conference. Like this is the championship game. How many championship games do we have much closer? Now, obviously against OSU, it was, uh, you know, probably a better team, but they still overcame that and put up so many yards. It was the defense that wasn't stopping OSU. Like, I'm not stealing that from Todd Munkin because it's college in Georgia. He had a quarterback. He had a quarterback that may not get drafted. He yeah. very well may not get drafted. I mean, I, I, Well, he no, may be backing no. up Lamar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, would be, that would be a sight to see. But, I mean, like, put your mind around. We're so not used to that. I mean, 2019 came close to it. But not even 2019 could even touch some of those numbers. I mean, it's, it's bananas. So going back to the video that you showed, there's so many like buzzwords. I mean, again, this is why it's all nice on paper and we'll see the way it looks in Baltimore. And obviously we have yet to see who's going to be the quarterback. So that's a big thing. But yeah, I've heard the, the word air raid connected to him a lot. Air raid. And um, obviously what I loved in there is he said, you've got to learn how to be able to win passing the ball. I've never heard Greg Roman say that. I never heard Greg Roman say that ever, 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 right. ever, ever, ever. So the fact that he believes that, that alone is a head start from where we came from. <laughs> you know what I mean? 100%. And 100%. 100%. He talked about a screen game. What has our screen game ever worked? Anytime there'd be a screen, we're like, what? What <laughs> offense are we yeah. watching here? You know? <laughs> and, and how did and, it break down? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then back to just the last screen that you had that had all the wide receivers that had a thousand yards. A lot of people, just because Munkin, Georgia, is, was his most recent, which he definitely relied more on tight ends, um, and he relied more on a, on a running game. But that's not because that's the only thing he can do, and that's what I was referring to off the top. You go back to, yes, that's what he did in Georgia, which, by the way, he transformed the offense. The defense had always been good, but he transformed the offense and, and took it to another level. Then you go back to Tampa Bay – in Tampa Bay, when he was the offensive coordinator, he had the number one passing offense, number one. Then he goes over to the Browns, and he, as we see here in 2019, both Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham had over 1,000 yards. Oh, and by the way, Nick Chubb had almost 1,500 yards rushing that same year. So that is further proof that he can marry the run game and the passing game. So... um yeah, it's a it's a lot of stuff that like gets you excited. It gets you excited after all these years of just being just feels like the you know, like number 30 in the past game, number 29 and it's like, "Oh my gosh, if I I've been on the show many times, I mean like, can we just can we just be average? Can we just be average, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like a beggar at the table and and hopefully, you know, uh, sure, even average will still be great if with with the running attack that that, that the Ravens have shown, but uh, he gives you hope that it could be above that. But one other thing he said in there, Bobby, he said, you still have to have good players. If the Ravens don't, yep. if the Ravens don't get him another legit wide receiver, you know, you're putting him in a, in a spot where it's tough to, to, to do what you want him to do, which is to make this pass game legitimate. You have 
to get him receivers. It must be done. So the ball is back in Eric DaCosta's court to get that done. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah. You're not setting them up for success if you don't. And that's where I was going yeah. next. You know, all this is great to your point earlier on, on paper and the numbers are phenomenal. His track record speaks for itself, but you need personnel at the end of the day. And that's what the Ravens have been lacking at the wide receiver position. So whether it's through free agency, through the draft or both, which I think we all hope it's the latter in some one way or another, uh, make it work monetarily. Uh, the, hopefully that ends up being the case. And, you know, we're not the only ones that are excited about this. You know, and, and some of these guys that I'm about to mention too, were, were sort of uh, big critiquers of uh, critics, I should say, uh, of Greg Roman and, and some of the deficiencies that, that were being caused within his offense. Dan Orlovsky checks in, says he cannot love this more for Lamar. Lamar's former teammate, RG3, checking in on Twitter. Love the Todd Munkin hire for the Ravens offense and Lamar. In those back-to-back -back national championship seasons at Georgia, Munkin routinely out-schemed the defenses he faced in the passing game. Out-schemed. Munkin will help the unanimous MVP, Lamar, take his game to another level in caps scary hours. And he went on to also write Munkin's use of tight ends and the run game at Georgia screams in caps. Again, RG three is fired up, man. Play He's like a up. Raven, tough, physical, smart. No one in college football had better offensive game plans in big games. The last two years than Georgia Stetson Bennett had 14 touchdowns in the sec championship and college football games this 
and I should say the CFP games this past season. So uh, like you said, you know, when the lights were on, he delivered and, uh, and wow, uh, just to see some of the former players, the ESPN pundits, I got Des Bryant on here as well saying he's checking in. I love this hire. And again, he and he and Arlovsky were extremely critical uh, of Greg Roman over the years. Well, I'm just seeing uh, Des Bryant had one more tweet. In addition to that, it says the Todd Munkin hire was for Lamar Jackson. Des Bryant says, how can you be a Ravens fan and not know this? <laughs> Oh, wow. Here we go. Here we go. He, he also says, I'll argue Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews make all pro. I'll also make an argument. They'll be playing for a chance to make it to the Super Bowl next year. Todd Munkin win wherever he goes. Okay. That's all. all right. Yes. Just, yeah. Go ahead. And Josina Anderson also saying what we've already known, right? Because because Harbs and EDC kind of made this clear in the end of season press conference, but but Lamar was involved in this process in one way, in some capacity. So yeah. uh, certainly bodes well for his future. We know that we're taping this on the 14th. The 21st opens up the window. As if you haven't checked this out yet, too, from last week, we had a a 45 minute conversation with Brian McFarland, who's the Raven salary cap on mm-hmm. unofficial Raven salary cap analyst, and he is just so sharp and and he literally kind of broke this whole thing down in detail so uh, the 21st opens up the exclusive franchise tag window which i believe runs through march 7th so a lot of this is coming whether it's the tag or or hopefully what we all feel would be best for for the organization's long-term future you know a long-term extension but uh, all this is coming up well i want to say two things real quick um i've seen questions on twitter of like why hasn't Lamar reacted yet? And people would interpret that as Lamar not being excited. Listen, Lamar's in the middle of negotiations. (laughs) Okay. He's in the middle of negotiations. He currently isn't on tagged either. So he currently is not scheduled to be, you know, a Raven. So, um, you know, I don't expect him uh, to say much until he's under contract. Can't give up too much leverage here. If you're just like, online being like, yeah, Todd Munkin, yeah, Todd Munkin. And then it's like, oh, negotiations. Oh, but I don't know if I'm going to come back, you know? Um, 100%. So I, I wouldn't read too much. Maybe, maybe he hates the Todd Munkin hire. I don't know. Maybe he loves it. I don't know. But I wouldn't read into him uh, not reacting to mean that he's not happy about it. So I just want to put that out there. One other thing that I wanted to say um, about the tweet from uh, RG3, when he said that Munkin – out schemed people. I was talking about this the other day, <laughs> actually at parent pickup. It's so funny. Cause I'll go and talk with all the dads. Cause we're talking football and all the wives are over here. Sometimes I can yeah. go talk with the wives, but anyway, after the super bowl, I was like, all right, I got to go to the dad circle today at, at parent pickup. We were talking about the super bowl and I was saying what I loved about Andy Reid, or maybe it's Eric B too. I don't know why I can't get, we can't get straight answers of who's how much Eric B is playing, getting, call plays, but now it doesn't matter because, you know, Eric, the enemy's not coming here. But um, I said to him, I was like, all these years that I've been watching Andy Reid, that I, he does something that I never feel like I see in, at the Ravens on the offensive side. I've definitely seen it on the defensive side. The defense I can see have a bad first half, go into the locker room, make adjustments, and then shut somebody down. I've seen that with Mike McDonald several times this year. Okay? It's rare that you see the offense struggling and then Greg Roman went in, made an adjustment 
and just found the weak, weak link. And that is what Andy Reid did the other day. This is one of the best defenses in the league with, with uh, the Eagles, who just coasted all the way to the Super Bowl. But Andy Reid figured them out. He figured them out. So if RG3 is saying that, that Munkin can out-scheme other coaches, bring that to me all day long. I want to see a guy that when they're punched in the mouth, they can figure out and, and be flexible and adjust and figure out how to answer them. So um, so that's a good good tweet to hear from, from RG3 there. Yeah, I got to love the fact that, um, you know, I think a lot of folks are wondering like, well, gosh, there was so much um, production when it comes to, you know, the tight ends and run game under Greg Roman, you know, over the last several years in, in this Lamar Jackson led offense. So can some of that be retained, you know, and, and, and will, will they just be starting from scratch? Well, hopefully they're bringing in new passing concepts, a new passing philosophy. Yeah. And by the way, this is going to be a collaborative effort between Munkin and Harbaugh, so which I think is, is essentially another way of saying, yeah, a lot of those concepts under Greg Roman, right? The, 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 the pulling and the RPO game and the, and the QB power game, hopefully a lot of that stuff is, is blended into new passing attack concepts. And I think Jonas Schaefer uh, taking the time to write out, this was really interesting too. Uh, he write, you know, on Twitter, Todd Munkin's going to lean into whatever works for his offense personnel wise. Don't pigeonhole him in, with any one kind of orthodoxy now. And he goes out to essentially outline a lot of the 11 personnel he would lean into in Tampa Bay, also in Georgia, heavily at Georgia. But I think this is good. You know, don't just, don't just, let's not just act here, right? And and dismiss him as not somebody who's capable of blending those two things together because that's what was very clear, whether it was in the end of season press conference throughout the year, based on what John shared with the media, that there is, it was too one-sided, too one-dimensional in Baltimore, and hopefully Munkin's going to be able to marry the two within this offense. That is exactly why I said off the top. I said I had three reasons why, you know, on paper I like this. This was one of my points, is that he can adapt to his personnel. He can adapt. So I hope that this graphic that you're showing right here doesn't make – you know, Eric DaCosta in the front office be like, all right, well, we're good. He can just make our tight ends and running backs, and then we'll just keep doing the same thing with wide receivers. And he, No, let's mm -hmm. not do that. Just because Munkin no. can be flexible doesn't mean that we should force him to. Let's get him a more complete personnel on that offensive roster. Yep, no question. So, now again, just to kind of run through his wide-ranging experience, I mean, he was at Georgia. Of course, they went back-to-back -back titles under Kirby Smart. He was there for three seasons. He was in Cleveland as the offensive coordinator. He was in Tampa as the offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach, I might add. He was the head coach at Southern Miss for several years. And then you just start, I mean, he's got all kinds of passing game coordinator background uh, stints at Oklahoma State, LSU. He was the wide receivers coach at Jacksonville, uh, the, the Jaguars. I mean, he goes all the way back to his first ever gig in 1989 as a grad assistant at Grand Valley State. So the guy himself, too, he's a former quarterback. And um, he, he's, it's just football. You listen to him, right, too? He's got that raspy voice. This guy is a football guy. He's a blue-collar guy. And um, again, on paper, it just seems as if it, as if this is the right fit. But only time will tell there. And, and most importantly, 
uh, adding personnel and and giving him the assets that he needs. Can't wait to see what the how they met in the middle, maybe perhaps when it comes to uh, staff. Is James Urban going to be retained, Sarah, at the quarterbacks coach, or will 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 Todd have a chance to bring somebody from Georgia or elsewhere or for anywhere um, for, for that matter? All those things will probably be ironed out in the coming days. I'm sure they already are, are ironed out between the two parties, but I'm sure they'll start to leak out in the coming days. Yeah, there's no doubt Todd should be able to bring in some of his guys. I mean, maybe there's some that Harbs is absolutely, but I remember when um, when Harbaugh hired Kubiak. Oh, I'm forgetting his name now, but the Ravens had the tight end coach, Harmon. I think it was Harmon. He was there forever, and he was such a great guy. He coached up. I mean, he started with Todd Heap um, and then had Dennis Pitt, like all these guys. And he just was one of those guys that just kept staying no matter what offensive coordinator came. Then Gary yeah. came and is like, nope, I'm bringing in my guys. I'm bringing in my guys, you know, so – yeah, if you're going to bring in an offensive coordinator and you hand him the reins, you you've got to give him some um some some leeway, not not some leeway, a lot of a lot of say in the guys that that he wants to bring with him because they can help implement the the vision that he has and he's and he's got to be given guys that he knows he can work with. Again, this is the instant reaction episode that we wanted to hop on and uh deliver to you as soon as possible after this one came down the pike. Uh, I was pulling into the gymnasium you were mid-workout when this hire was announced so literally i like pulled into the parking spot i backed in for whatever reason i don't know why i never do that i think that's so obnoxious especially when there's somebody behind you but um but i was backing into my spot the i get like three texts one of which was from femi yo did you see that i'm like oh no so okay so then i call you as soon as i park I can tell you're like out of breath. You're mid-workout. Yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. I'm just going to start driving back from Canton to Fells Point. So I did that. And then uh, you finished up your workout. You had to take your, your daughter somewhere, pick her up. And and here we are. So, uh, and I got a shower to say, and I didn't come in sweaty. I got a nice <laughs> <Yeah>. shower here. <laughs> our, our YouTube viewership certainly thanks you for doing that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we will obviously it goes without saying that this is an instant reaction. So we're looking forward to digging in a lot further, a lot more thoroughly in the coming days, beginning with the morning vault on the 15th, uh, Wednesday of this week. And uh, everything that comes out, you know, after this, you know, following this based on other hires based on other staff changes and uh, and everything that that comes with with this new offensive coordinator and Todd Munkin. So with that partner, I think it'll be a busy week. This is the meet that we wanted. It, it had been a little slow, a little speculative based on all the different candidates. I mean, goodness gracious. But I think, uh, you know, more than anything else, Harb stood by his word and, and they casted a, an extremely wide net and, and hopefully they found their guy. Yeah, very wide net. And Bobby, I'm sitting here typing on my phone. If you want to know what I'm typing, listen, I have no no high hopes that he's going to come through, but Des Bryant is still tweeting nonstop. I'm going to ask him if he'll come on the show. I highly <laughs> doubt he's going to respond, but this guy is clearly fired up. I mean, it is not stopping. He just keeps going and going and going about how good this is for Lamar, but... Uh, let's see if he sees my tweet. Let's see if he'd come on. Cause that would be great. I need to get his passion on here and get why he loves Munkin so much for Lamar. Yeah. Get your army of folks within the flock to kind of tag him and, and mention yeah. him and maybe he'll come on, you know, cause he's uh come on. What's he up to these days? Let's go. Yeah. Come on on the vault. Des, we, we'd love to have you. 
but yeah. uh, awesome. And, you know, obviously we're, we're looking forward to, to plenty more content in the coming weeks as free agency approaches. And of course the draft, we're going to be diving into, you know, what the Ravens might do at 22. And again, if you have not done so already, go into the archives and find our conversation with Brian McFarland, because it was wide ranging. It was thorough. It was, it was informative and he knows my gosh, the guy's a numbers guy. And I think he gave us a lot of, um, a lot of clarity on a number of levels when it comes to, you know, yeah. the logistics of, of this next month or so for the Ravens front office as free agency approaches. So, and especially with the exclusive franchise tag and the ramifications of, of placing that on Lamar. So without further ado, we're always looking to hear from you, of course, uh, via email at Baltimore, Baltimore. Oh my gosh. Why do I, for, why did I just forget our email? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I forgetting it? Do you remember about the top Ravens of your head? gmail.com. Oh, well, yeah, that's, that's a tough one for me to remember. We'd always yeah. love to, to hear from you from there um, with questions, comments, you name it. We are now on Patreon. For those of you who have been wondering ways to throw a, a few bucks our way to support what we're building. Of course, we're doing this independently from any big broadcast outlet. We've been having a ton of fun doing so. You can find what we're offering as sort of a way for you to get more involved with us and support the channel so that we can continue creating daily content for you at patreon.com backslash Ravens vault podcast. So subscribe to the vault on YouTube. If you haven't already done so, we appreciate you guys so much. And uh, Sarah and I will be back. So again, you've been listening to the vault, a Baltimore Ravens podcast, much more coming up. I'm Bobby Trossett for my partner, Sarah Ellison. We're signing off from this instant reaction episode as the Todd Munkin era in Baltimore has officially begun. <laughs>